Hello, and welcome back to the Upper Bowl GM Podcast. As always, it is your host, Nick Zararis, and the content keeps on coming. So far, we had my good friend Gabriella Carroll on Monday to talk about the Super Bowl. Yesterday, we had Cavs boy Bebop, the legendary shit poster himself, on to talk about the Capitals. Today's show, we have a blogger from Couch Guy Sports, Josie, to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. But before we get to that conversation about the very, very interesting Vegas Golden Knights, who are always in the headlines, one of the most aggressive teams in the entire league at trying to constantly improve the roster, we got to take care of business. You know, we got to, we don't, I can't say we got to pay the bills because we don't have ads yet, but we got to help support the show so that maybe someday we could have ads. So, number one, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, soundcloud google play stitcher all the major podcasting platforms this show's available there once you've subscribed if you're using apple Podcasts or spotify please leave the show a review on apple Podcasts. you just go to the show's page you scroll past the recent episodes they're going to be five clear purple stars on the bottom you hit the one furthest to the right that's a five-star review underneath that is a button with purple letters that says write a review it'd be great if we could get some more reviews for the show uh content grows with engagement the more engagement something gets the easier it is for other people to find it and the cycle perpetuates itself it's why the biggest shows have the biggest followings they have widespread engagement the more we get the better and like i say every single time don't just do that for this podcast if there are other podcasts you enjoy out there by all means go out there leave them a review that stuff matters a lot to content creators okay so now that we've paid our imaginary bills, let's start framing this conversation about what the Vegas Golden Knights are. They've only been in existence since the 2017-2018 season. They went to the cup final. They lost to the Capitals in that series. They have made the playoffs every single year of the team's existence. They have aggressively tried to improve their roster since then to win a Stanley Cup because they had a good enough group that they would always be a playoff team. Now it was just a matter of them getting to that next level of not only just we make the playoffs every single year, but now we want to be one of the legitimate contenders. Last year, lost in the conference final to Montreal, which was tough the year before that. They lost to Dallas in the conference final. So they've had ample chances now, and they've made a big move early in the season getting Jack Eichel, who is supposed to make his debut Ironically, tonight, the day this episode is posted on Wednesday night against the Avalanche, that's just good timing. We, I booked Josie to come on mid last week, and we didn't know what Eichel's timeline was looking like. So the content gods were looking out for us. So with Jack Eichel in tow, Robin Lehner dealing with an injury, we still got Alex Petrangelo, Alec Martinez is dealing with an injury, Mark Stone going on IR for cap shenanigans. Max Pacioretty is still there. They signed Evgeny Dadnov in the offseason. They still have Marsha Show and Riley Smith from the initial season. They have Chandler Stevenson, the puck retriever extraordinaire. They've got Nolan Patrick, Brett Howden. This is a really good team. This is a team that legitimately should have cup aspirations based on their talent. And I would dare say it would be a disappointment if they didn't at least make the cup final. Okay, there's your little bit of an appetizer. I'll see you guys on the other side of the drop with Josie, and we're going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights. (music) 
And with that, I'm very happy to welcome to the show for the first time. She's a blogger for Couch Guy Sports. How are we doing, Josie? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm better. I mean, the Rangers are playing hockey for the first time in two weeks. They're not playing particularly well, but there is Rangers hockey on, so I can't really complain that much. You are here, of course, to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, but before we get into Vegas, how I always start out with somebody when I have them on for the first time is kind of trying to understand where you come from as a fan. So the first question I have, obviously, how'd you get into hockey? <laughs> well, you can thank, thank my ex for that one. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, not for the Golden Knights side, just for the hockey side. Um, his mom and sister played hockey, so I would go and watch their games with him. And then I started watching NHL with them during the playoff series of the Preds and Penguins. I can't remember okay. what year that was, but I was like, oh, sweet. This seems like a really cool sport. Uh, then, you know, Vegas announced their team. I'm originally from Vegas. And I'm like, all right, let's jump on board and get into hockey. Why not? So this was a later in life. This isn't like a, a psychosis thing like me where you've been like six and just slowly tortured your entire life later in life and you kind of found it influence of others okay i got you how would you describe what kind of fan you are optimist pessimist realist somewhere between those three depends on the day yeah. uh, i try to think on the realist side you know i've been blessed to have a team that's been in the playoffs every year so far not the same with my football team, but this is hockey that we're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, just realistically, I've been blessed for five seasons now. Mm -hmm. What made you want to do stuff with having an online personality surrounding sports? Is this just like an outlet for you? Do you like want to do this professionally? Is this somewhere in between those? Um, I don't know if I'd necessarily go the professional route. It more was during COVID, you know, sports was yeah. kind of that thing that brought a lot of people together. And I noticed I tweet out a lot about my teams, which are the Dallas Cowboys, the Golden Knights, and now secondarily hopping on the Maple Leafs for no apparent reason. But I noticed my presence was growing a little more. And I'm like, hey, I enjoy the interactions and talking with people. I got the opportunity to write for fun. You know, I don't get paid for it. It's just all for fun right now. We'll see gotcha. if that takes me anywhere, but right now it's just for fun. Gotcha, gotcha. So now we can start talking about the team a little more specifically. How has it been expectations-wise, emotions-wise, of always having a team that is good? Because I feel <laughs> like that's got to be kind of stressful. Like, every team needs to have that lull for so everybody can kind of just relax for a little bit, but... Vegas hasn't relaxed. They've tripled and quadrupled and quintupled down every single year of we're going to win the cup or we're going to die trying. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm waiting for that drought to happen. And luckily <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. There's obviously been games that have been heartbreaking. Playoffs tend to go to game sevens for us. And that's really frustrating. I definitely yeah. have some vengeance for the Capitals from that first season and Demko from the Canucks when we played them. and. The stars are eh, too. Obviously, the yeah. sharks hate them. So, you know, I'm getting that presence of having rivalries after uh -huh. a few seasons. But, you know, I'm I'm waiting for that drought too, and it hasn't happened yet. Like, we're probably gonna make the playoffs again this year. Right now, we're sitting in first. Luckily, we're in the division that has the lowest points. You know, yeah. on their top. So that that's helpful. But, you know, realistically, I know at some point those original players that we've had 
are going away. You know, we've already seen that starting to happen. So. How does it make you feel that Vegas kind of has this reputation around the league where kind of pretty much everybody hates them for one reason or another, where it's they're just the constant churning over of players. They're very weird. I don't want to say weird, but I'll say aggressive social media presence. Just what, how does that make you feel about a team that's, you know, five years old already kind of has this reputation as a villain around the league? When you said social media, I couldn't help but laugh because I, I know how much everyone hates the Golden Knights Twitter. <laughs> they they yeah. find them very obnoxious, which I get because, you know, send dog pictures after game losses. Here's our first intermission poll. Mozzarella sticks won forever, and then they threw money in, and yeah. now it doesn't win. Um, you know, just the puns and things like that. I can see where that would get ex- excessive, but – for me, I like thrive in that chaos of okay. all of it because, you know, you. your name is getting out there and that's what they've been doing very well. As a fan, how does it make you feel the way they've slowly but surely churned over the original roster and trying to incrementally upgrade? Is it kind of a frustrating thing where you're like, I love, I love these guys. I don't want to see them go. Or is it a, I understand we need to get better because I want them to win. <sighs> That's tough because right now I feel like, you know, we do have a good core and this season five, I haven't been very upset about the players that have been turned over besides obviously flurry that one had a huge, yeah, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Um, For me, like we have that solid secondary line. Sometimes they play as the first line and that's our true misfit line where everybody came from that first season. I think once that ends up breaking up, which you know, actual talks, maybe once that ends up having to happen, it could happen. Yeah. And I think then I might really start feeling about, oh, this is not the team that was that first season. Yeah. That first season was so chaotic. That entire <laughs> postseason, just Bill Carlson potting 40 goals after never having more than 10 in a season, just every single time. And those early Golden Knights teams were just so damn fast. That's all they could do. They didn't have a ton of high-end skill, but they would just chip the puck behind you. They would go and get it, and they would score. And they've evolved a little bit more now where they have some really, really high-end, some of the most high-end players in the entire league. And they're always one of the most entertaining teams to watch. There are 32 teams in this league, and only like eight of them are fun to watch. Vegas has been one of them since they came into the league, and it's gotten better. They're very fun to watch. Purely as a neutral, just when I watch them play, it's easy to understand why they're so good. You know what? The last game was not fun to watch. So okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Out of six, lost. I can't wait to, you know, have this week take that away. But I totally get what you mean. Like, they're flashy on the ice. They've got those players that just excite you. There's not many of those teams. And like you said, fun to watch. I'm biased, obviously. But... <laughs> That's the whole point. That's why I have you here. I need your opinions on this. I watch the Golden Knights. I see a very good hockey team. You watch the Vegas Golden Knights and you see your hockey team. Very right. different sets of eyes. That's the whole point of checking in with people who watch their team every single day. So along this along this thread, one of the other points I wanted to touch on was, do you think that this sends a message to what the league could possibly be where there are a lot of teams that are pretty content to just be, we'll make the playoffs if we went around great. Whereas 
Vegas is pretty aggressively. They've made the playoffs each of the last five years, but they've always tinkered with the roster, whether it's adding a Petrangelo, trading for Robin Leonard in season, then having a tandem. Do you think this is a, this is a more fun way of doing things, or is this just a an owner in a unique market where you have the chance to capture that kind of lightning in a bottle that's not really replicable? You know, when they became a team, the owner said, I want a Stanley Cup in five years. We're on season five right now. So they did that aggressive approach because they want to bring that cup to a town that people are like desert hockey. What? And obviously it, it's working in a sense of it has brought a lot of people in Vegas yeah. together and it could have been, you know, that first season they did have that mass shooting and yeah. you had this team that they all came around. So that is helpful in a way. But as far as the aggressive approach, I like it. Um, I didn't necessarily think that first season that the players they went and grabbed were going to be the ones to do that. But for some reason, Vegas has a way of finding these players that I don't know about. And then they come on our team and they are just superstars like Mark Stone, for an instance. Yeah. I didn't know much about him before he came over to Vegas. The one that jumps out to me is Chandler Stevenson, who they got for basically nothing. And then he went to play on the first line with Mark Stone. And I'm like, that's one of the fastest humans I've ever seen on skates. And all he does is throw his body at people. That's the kind of thing. I'm so glad you brought him up. (laughs) He's he's so, it's one of those things where I can, why did Washington give you away for Garnet Hathaway, who's on their third line and doesn't really do anything? And Chandler Stevenson was the fulcrum on one of the best lines in hockey last year. So, yeah, just that be- ability to identify talent and say, if we take this guy from another team that's doing this and put him on our team, we can do more with him. Because he was playing a third, fourth line role there. And last year, he was your first line center and really good at it. Right. And he's my favorite player. So I am biased there as well. But this season, as with all the injuries, he's been yeah. playing that first line with just different amounts of people. And he's our top point scorer right now at, yeah. I think, 38. Don't quote me on that. But so, on it's something like that. Yeah. But I mean, regardless, you know, he's had that talent of being able to come and hopefully when this all actual stuff is settled, he will still have a first or second line. Probably no, second. Probably. Yeah, probably second. Yeah, I. that's the fun thing is that you guys just kind of have, like, if Eichel is right, a top 10 player in the league, just kind of sitting on the bench wearing a tracksuit, like, you get to just drop that into your lineup. And, well, not having Mark Stone is a problem, but we'll get there. We're almost to the point of talking about this year's team. So (laughs) the first question I have talking about this year's team, how's it been just coping with the injuries all year as a fan? Because they've been pretty dinged up. I mean, Pacioretty only has like 10 games played this year. Stone has been in at, in and out of the lineup the entire season. Alec Martinez has been out a while. What's that been like? I feel like at least from the interactions I've had on Twitter and the people I've talked to, it's like, Oh, Hey, we got someone healthy. And then literally that same day, maybe an hour later, oh, this guy has a broken foot. This guy has a back issue. He's going, and it's like, we literally, as you put in your notes, have not had a healthy team the whole year. And we're still making it happen, which is great. And hopefully makes it good for when we do have that healthy team come the, you know, cup run, fingers crossed. I'm not going to say yes right now that that's going to happen, but, you know, that it's just kind of frustrating as a fan to not be able to see what is capable until probably come cup playoffs now. 
Yeah, because, I mean, it sounds like Stone's not going to come back until the playoffs, which means you're not going to have your full lineup until then. This is this is going to keep happening until the league ends up changing how that works with the long-term injured <laughs> reserve. So talking about the team this year, what have been your impressions since they fired Gallant in, what was that, the spring of 2020 and then hired DeBoer? What have your impressions been of Peter DeBoer as the coach of the Golden Knights? You know, I didn't like the team he came from, obviously. Sharks. Yes. <laughs> but, again, we found a way to find talent, but on the coaching staff, and bring them over. I really like that he's a man that takes chances. He's not afraid to switch up those lineups. And, you know, I haven't seen him play a full season yet. Uh, yeah, well, not the- play, but coach a full season. So, you know, this is kind of like the true test. Because last season, even though he was there the full season, we were only playing – what seven different teams the whole season yeah playoffs yeah i mean that's one of those things i i give him credit they that's probably the most talented team in that division even with the injuries but to still be in first place at this point in the season with all the injuries that's that's a feather in the cap for DeBoer to say i was able to hold this together until the reinforcements came that's a good sign for the direction of the team going forward because you need that and now that they've made the playoffs a handful of times they have those scars that they can learn from they're ready that's that's part of hockey. You have to go to the playoffs and lose a couple of times before you end up winning a Stanley Cup. I mean, the Capitals went something like eight out of nine years until they won. The Blues went like seven in in 10 years. They finally won. It's part of the process. You have to lose in the playoffs and deal with all of that emotional trauma before you can win. That's just the way hockey works. See, I wish it wasn't and we would have had a Cinderella story the first season, but... I mean, from that... That playoff run, the play that sticks out to me is the Holtby save in game two, where Vegas won game one, and he makes that save, which he had no business making that save. One of the best saves I've ever seen, especially because if Vegas scores there, they're up 2 nothing in the game, and they probably go on, and they're up two games to none going into game three, and that swings everything. That's just kind of, that's a sliding doors moment I'm going to remember the entire rest of my life. And that wasn't even my team, but that kind of emotional trauma sticks with you as a hockey fan because you just realize, oh, God, someone else just felt that in, like, their soul. Like, they kind of want to die right now. And that's one of the things about hockey. It just it evokes such strong emotions. Every sport does, but the hockey community is, like, batshit insane. There aren't, like, any casual hockey fans. So, like, all of us understand each other's collective trauma. That's something I've kind of come to terms with as I've gotten older is that we're all trying to get the same thing. We're all on the same side here at the end of the day. We would like to win a cup before we die. That's the goal. You you pretty much said it the best way you could say it. Uh, also, for that first season, that final game, game five, my dad was there because he oh, got God. tickets to the final game. And so that's kind of where my heartstrings are tied to is that my dad just watched like Ovechkin raise the cup and stuff in Vegas, nonetheless, not even in, you know, Washington, but that's kind of like my first kind of memory where I'm like, okay, I really like hockey. I'm ready to jump on board. Because for the first season, I'd say I wasn't aggressive hockey fan. Now, now I'm annoying when I want to be annoying, but it took a couple seasons to get into the aspect of hockey i mean you said you adopted a second team that's the rite of passage when you realize oh i actually do like hockey too much and it's becoming too much of my personality once you start adopting other teams and individual players that's when you realize oh yeah this is a problem now hockey's kind of my thing and, and exactly there's no, yeah 
everybody I talk to is like that, where it's like, yeah, first I started watching my team, and then I was like, what do I do when my team doesn't play? Oh, yeah, there's other teams in the league. I'm going to watch those teams. It's it's a disease. It's an illness. That's part of the problem with hockey. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just like, you know, I interacted with tons of Maple Leafs fans on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, you know what? They're compared to the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL, so they have the same colors and everything. Let's jump on board. The Golden Knights and them played, and I recognize so many names that I'm like, I think I have a secondary team. Yeah. But Vegas, obviously, always first. (laughs) That makes it more fun, having more rooting interests, being invested in other things. I mean, some people take it a little too crazy. I can't follow, like, nine teams like some of the people out there, but I (laughs) I do watch two or three hockey games pretty much every single night, so I definitely understand where you're coming from with that, the adoption of a second team. So talking about the team this year, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. They, the res- underlying results are decent. They're middle of the pack in pretty much everything. The only thing that really jumped out to me is that the special teams haven't been great this year, but that's also because the best players on those units have been injured all year. Like it's hard to judge a power play without Pacioretty or the kill without Mark Stone, but that is a real problem that does need to be addressed going forward. The power play and the penalty kill. <laughs> Yeah, it took forever for us to finally score one on the power play. And I just remembered Twitter erupted, like, we can yeah. actually score on these. Like, we were rooting not for power plays because yeah. we knew how bad our power plays were. And, I mean, it is it is getting a little better. But, as you said, those key components, they're still gone. So, yeah. it's how do you work with the players you have. And they're still trying to figure that out, obviously. I feel like a lot of us are still not rooting for power plays to happen. <laughs> And that's such a unifying force because every fan base has just had that year from hell on the power play where it's like, just don't give it to us. Decline the penalty. It's fine. I don't need it. That's two minutes of them just passing the puck around with one shot in two minutes. That, That doesn't help anybody. That just makes me frustrated. I definitely understand where you're coming from there. So also talking about this year's team, Robin Leiner has been pretty good. Not as good as he was two years ago or last year, but still pretty good. I'd say top 10-ish goalie in the league. And Laurent Brossois has been a pretty solid backup. They, that's what you need going into the playoffs. You need a clear one and somebody who can play if the backup gets hurt. We've seen this come up a few times now where Colorado really got screwed two years ago when their goalie got hurt and they had to play somebody. They had to play um something Joe Hansen in that bubble playoffs who had just no business being in a playoff game but you have to go i mean leonard i saw today actually might is day-to-day with something which could be a problem yeah. for them going forward but at, at some point i feel like they'll get this injury bug sorted out and the the real advantage they have right now is that the division isn't great so there's nobody breathing down your neck there's time to iron this stuff out and figure out these problems Yeah, so Leonard's injury is an upper body injury. He's been dealing with it for a little bit, um, day to day, like you said. So I'm assuming he's not going to play tomorrow, and we're playing the Mm. Avs, which is not necessarily the team you want to play a backup in. But also, Leonard's last game was a shutout of, you know, he let six goals in against the Flames, who are rising up in our division standings-wise. So... You know, I I definitely think we do have a solid backup. Obviously, it's not like last year where we had the wonderful tandem and the trophy winners and, you know, all that. But I'm happy with how he's been playing and how he's been proving himself as far as Brossois goes. Um, 
Yeah, he had he had a good game against the um, Oilers last week. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he's getting his playing time, which is good. But you you really just want your starting goalie to be healthy, yes. especially in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and we know that Leonard can get to the level you need to be at to win a cup because you need your goalie to kind of go a little bit crazy there for that two month run to win a cup. You can't just get by with average goaltending and he's capable of that. He had that year two years ago. And then that year, the year before he got to Vegas, when he was in, um, when he was an Islander, that was really good. And then the half season in Chicago, he was great. You need that. And to know you have that your goalie's capable of that is a good feeling. That's something you need going into the playoffs that, at, if nothing else, our goalie will be able to keep us in this game. And Leonard's capable of that, for sure. Oh, yeah. And he, you know, when he has something that's a weakness, he owns up to it. He yeah. improves it. Like, he knows that shootouts are not his specialty, and he's been working on that. And from the shootouts I've seen this season, you can tell that he does take, you know, the criticism to heart or what he does. Um, it's a shame that sometimes the games are blamed on him because you know as a goalie that tends to happen but he definitely is like a team leader on this you know roster especially like replacing flurry as your starter that's a tough task to follow up naturally uh we'll detour here to talk about it now but how did it make you feel the way they did flurry because you said before that kind of sucked but in a little bit more like emotionally like as a fan what was that like that we need to do this because we need the cap space for other players you know as you asked me earlier realistically i realized we're not going to be able to keep both of these players flurry is the one that's going to be out of the league probably sooner than leonard leonard got that huge contract so it made sense yes it stung a little because he definitely was like the flower of vegas the icon you look on the strip and you'll see there's flower. Like there was a flower statue in one of the casinos that that they really love him. They still really love him. Like you still see flower stuff around. So, you know, I wasn't one of those butt hurt fans that was crying about it. Obviously, realistically, I knew it was going to happen. I didn't like that. He went to the Blackhawks, but, um, I don't know if you've seen today, there's been rumors that he could be yeah. coming back. I don't think that's going to happen. Vegas uh, has no money. Vegas has no, that's the problem. Like Vegas is always so aggressive at the deadline. Everyone just assumes they're going to be able to make a move. They made their move. They traded for Eichel in the fall. They don't have cap space to do anything unless they send somebody out, which there has been some, I don't want to say smoke, but the, for a while there was the assumption they would just trade Riley Smith because that's four and a half and then they'd be able to bring Alec Martinez back off of a long-term injured reserve that balances everything out but the way they're doing their accounting it looks like they're going to keep him and just <laughs> let him walk in the summer uh, it, they're going to go as all in as you can possibly go and it's commendable it, it won't be great like four years from now if there's not a Stanley Cup but to be this aggressive is commendable in a league where nobody wants to be aggressive Right. And like I said, they wanted to do it in five. I don't know if it could be possible in five, but maybe set your mark to 10 now and see if you can make it happen with the pieces they have been picking up. Okay. This is a really good case study because I spent three years watching Brett Howden play hockey. and he was <laughs> 
genuinely one of the worst hockey players I have ever seen at the NHL level because he wasn't ready. They threw him in the league at 18 years old and said, figure it out. And then for three years, they let him run around like a chicken with his head cut off and he just didn't know what he was doing. What is going on? What is in the water in the Las Vegas city limits that he actually looks like a confident hockey player? Because you get to see him with a fresh set of eyes without that three years of me being miserable watching him. What have been your impressions of him? Because that was a running joke on Rangers Twitter forever is we have the worst player in the entire league and our franchise talks about him like he's going to be part of the future. What's it been like for Brett, the Brett Howden experience in Las Vegas? Oh my goodness. So I interact with some Rangers fans and when we literally made that trade, I texted them because I had no idea who Howden was. I'm like, so who is this guy? And they're like, um, he got one goal for us last season. That's all you need to know. Like, he's not good. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this might be just, you know, fourth string, whatever, you know, maybe stay for a couple seasons and go away. But he scored that first goal and we were like, okay, he scored. He got his goal for the year. Congratulations. We're going to forget about him. <laughs> we did not forget about him, obviously. Um, he actually was the poster. I have it in my room. When I went to the game this year that I went to, he was the, the poster. Like that, that just shows you that people are embracing Howden. Um, you know, before the Flames game, he had a four game goal streak. I, he's been good. He's been actively good. He's been I, it's actively, weird. yeah. He's been, you know, a third stringer, I think if I'm not mistaken, yeah. line-wise. Um, I think he played first line for one of the games just because of an injury. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm kind of liking his skating abilities and you know, that's the thing. abilities from what I've that's, seen. That's the thing. Everybody the Rangers have, they just don't look like they've ever played organized hockey before. And then they go to another team, and then they suddenly know how to skate in a straight line, complete a pass, hit somebody. It's night and day, like body snatcher type shit, what I've seen in the Vegas games I've watched. Where I'm, wow, Brett Houghton can actually skate kind of fast. He never did that in three years. It's yeah, just- I have a friend that's Rangers fan first and Golden Knights fan second. She's in our group chat. And every time Howden does something, we just text her Howden, and she's like, not this again! <laughs> literally, literally. Like, that's probably how you guys feel. It's like, wait. Like, he scored two goals against the Rangers when we played you guys last month, and it was just, this is what we deserve. This is what we deserve. We took this teenager from Western Canada and dropped him in the island of Manhattan and said, figure it out. This is what we deserve. So, in terms of the team right now, what do you think is the biggest problem for the rest of the season just in terms of is it a specific hole in the lineup is it a certain way they're playing is there anything that jumps out to you as a problem aside from injuries because that's the most obvious one yeah yeah, obviously that but i feel like momentum has been slowing down a little bit our second periods have not been our strong suit usually we're like oh here comes the second period this is where even if we have a three-goal lead they can score three goals on us and go tight into the third. Um, I think keeping that mentality up the whole game, skating hard, not giving up just because you have that goal lead, especially with, like I said, the flames, they're making up those games. They're coming up. They creamed us. Yeah. They're kind of a scary team to look at. I don't know after them who really is in competition for that first, to be honest in our division, but 
you kind of got to watch the flames they're coming up yeah yeah calgary's been very good they added tyler to foley who fits in nicely they get a little more depth on the right side that team has been dinged up all year too but they're finally they kind of seem like they're breaking through now they got past their COVID outbreak where they missed like three straight weeks of games. So they're definitely a team to watch. In terms of the strengths of the Golden Knights, what would you say is the thing? What's the team's identity? What are they really good at? (laughs) That's a good question because it's just been all luck, honestly, in my opinion. (laughs) I don't, I'm trying, like, as I said, they have this way of making unknown players really fit in and I feel like they have that chemistry on lines that they're able to switch up lines that's probably something they're good at is being able to not necessarily stay with the same line and be able to skate it out and you know adjust to that based on injuries or whatever obviously the misfit line never gets touched we cannot break up the misfits I will rage but we'll get to that when that happens um yeah so I'd say the chemistry aspect on the team that's they're decent when they get in a rhythm of passing, but again, you got to be able to do that on the power plays or whenever you can't just yeah. do it, you know, one period and be good. So the chemistry I think is huge for this team though. That's the advantage of having an older team like Vegas is where you just have a bunch of pros who kind of know what they need to do every day. And there's not really the lapses that you have with younger teams where they're, where there's lots of inconsistency. These are veterans. These guys know what to expect. There's guys who've been around a while, a few guys who have been there since the beginning of that team. DeBoer is kind of, he's been there long enough now that he should be able to kind of have a good feel for his team. They do have to integrate Eichel, which is going to be a fascinating case study. And speaking of that, how do you feel about that? Because there was a lot of people on Al Gore's internet in the fall and over last summer saying they would not take a chance on a guy getting a neck surgery that's never been done on an NHL player before, even though it's been done on other athletes. So how'd that trade strike you as a fan? You know, at first I was a little disappointed because it was a piece. Tuck was part of the original team as well, but I see he's thriving in Buffalo right now. So good for him, even though it's the Sabres. Yeah. That, that's probably their best player. Right now. He is. He's going to be he captain is. someday, mark my words, if he stays with the Sabres. But, uh, so at first, you know, it took a little bit of, oh, it had to be for Tuck. Um, but as it's gotten closer, tomorrow's his debut. That hype has really set in. Like, if this works out, if this experiment works out, we're going to have Stone, Pacioretty, and Eichel as a first line. That's insane. Just, <laughs> you're nodding your head like, yeah, that's yeah. deadly, but we're not I mean, going to be able to see it until the playoffs. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what Eichel can do before then. I mean, it's impossible to get the puck from Mark Stone now, let alone when he has good people to play with. Just uh, thinking about that and then the misfit line, and then it, the bottom six has enough talent that they'll be able to get by. I mean, the defense is a little bit less talented than in years past, but that forward group, especially the top six, when it's fully healthy, is just going to be insane. Right. Thinking, of, thinking about, I, I know it happened last year and it didn't totally live up to the hype, but 
I would very much enjoy a Vegas Colorado round two because I want to see that top line fully healthy against Colorado's top line fully healthy because we just deserve that as hockey fans because those are probably the two best lines in the entire sport. So we deserve that kind of best on best that we don't get because the NHL playoff format is bad. <laughs> yes, it is bad. But I mean, we did have our playoff series last season with them. <laughs> that should have been the conference final. That shouldn't have been the I, second round series. The I format know. is so bad. The it format. Was the format. So bad. <laughs> yeah, the um, but as far as like when Eichel does hit and we do have all our players healthy, I'm sitting here already speculating what's the third line going to look like? What's the fourth yeah. line going to look like? Like, I really don't know. And that's, you know, kind of well, scary, but exciting at the same time. I mean, you've got Dadnoff floating around in there. You've got Yanmar, Carrier, Nolan Patrick, if he stays healthy, Howden. Those are reasonable uh, NHL players for your bottom six. It's not. Yeah. Well, Ch- I ass- yeah, because they're not going to play him on the first line. Yeah, that's right. Because they're going to do the superhero line. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the captain so, line is what we call it. Yeah, that's right. They all have been captains at one point or another. I forgot about that. So, realistically, is it fair to say the expectation is cap or bust? Uh, copper bust? Words are hard. Copper bust. <laughs> yeah, cap or bust too, yes, because yes. apparently yes. We're, we're, we're testing that out this season. Yes. Thanks, Lightning, for showing us the way. <laughs> but as far as cap or bust, I do think that's realistically their goal. Like I, mm-hmm. I've already said, they want to get it in five seasons. But as a fan and seeing these other teams that are playing right now, I don't realistically see us making the final right now. And that sucks to say, but okay. you have these, like, the abs are fantastic. Yeah. The Freds are great. The Wild have had their hand with us in yeah. past. That Eastern Conference is scary. Like, yeah. You know, obviously yeah. we won't have to play them till later on, but there's some tough competition to get to that final. And, you yeah. know, if if the pieces work out, great, but we're not going to be able to have time to test out the pieces before playoffs begin. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to win a cup. I That's what always frustrates me about the championships and the discussion when you're talking about individual players. It just takes so much to go right to just make a final, let alone to win one, especially in hockey where just the weirdest shit happens. Like, I don't care. There were probably like a couple hundred people in the province of quebec who thought the habs might make the cup final last year outside of those people no weird things happen in hockey i mean realistically probably shouldn't have gotten that far but that's just the way hockey is weird things happen so it it sounds weird to say the expectation is cup or bust especially in hockey but if it were ever true for a team it would be vegas because of how they built the roster they have built a roster specifically for these playoff series against high-end talents where they're going to have the two of the two of probably the six or seven best lines in the entire playoffs on the same team right and last year we had the goalie tandem that was fantastic maybe maybe we can get that up to par this season too but yeah it's definitely i like you said it is cup or bust for them as a fan i'm not going to realistically say that we're making the cup though that's a that's probably a healthier outlook to be honest with you. If you expect it, you're just going to be devastated if it doesn't happen. So I enjoy... think I'm just in that mindset because of my yeah. football team. 
enjoy the journey. It's about the miles on the journey, not necessarily the destination when you get there. That's the good. That's a healthy way to look at it, where you won't end up being emotionally destroyed if it doesn't go right. Until the playoffs, then I will emotionally destroy myself once we're kicked out. Or if we win it all, then I'll be very happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to the Rangers back, being back in the playoffs. That's going to be bad for my mental health. <laughs> just playoff hockey just ages me horrendously. Like I, I felt like I was like 35 by 2017 because of all the playoff series the Rangers have been in. Just that that is so taxing, especially the way the Rangers play, where every single game was two to one. They had like 14 straight playoff games where the final score was two to one, win or loss. Just unreal stress on my life. So this year will be stressful for that. Thinking about the team going forward the rest of the way. So we've said a few things. They need to get healthy. Getting healthy will probably picks the power play, the penalty kill. They need Leonard to be right because Brossois never been a starter, so he probably won't be able to carry a starter's load down the stretch if there is an injury problem. When you think about the teams they will likely look at in the playoffs, probably going to be the one seed so you're looking at a wild card, which could be a tough matchup if you draw the Blues or the Predators. That's got to worry you a little bit where you're looking at those teams that are really damn good, but just because of the way the West is set up, that's probably your first round matchup. Right. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather sit as the second seed because right now the third seed's the Kings and yes. <laughs> Vegas could yes. play, you know, the Kings well, or if the Ducks end up getting into that third spot, they could play them well. It's the wild cards really with the central division. If you get one of those people, yeah, that's that's where it's tough. Yeah, it, it's that's why I don't like this playoff format. It's not set up to reward the good teams. The whole right. point of the regular season, if you have a good record in the regular season, you should have an easier opponent in the playoffs. That's kind of the whole point of having a regular season that's 82 games long. It's pretty frustrating, and I would be especially mad if I were a fan of your team, the Avalanche, where do I really want to have to play the Wild or the Blues or the Predators in the first round is like my tune-up series. And that's been the problem that Vegas has had, that Colorado's had, is they've had really difficult early round series so that by the time they get to the second or third round, they're dead. They're exhausted. And it's really hard to get that level of energy for four playoff series in a row. Right. That could be said last season when we played the Habs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You already Just went dead. and you beat the Wild, you beat the Habs. There you go. <laughs> yeah. it, it adds up. It takes a lot. And that is a challenge when you're consistently good like Vegas is to be in the second, third round of the playoffs year after year. Those add up. That's a lot of miles to have on your body and then have to go through an entire regular season. Your off season is shorter because you're playing later into the year and because of the NHL trying to get the calendar back to normal. Really short off season. Just It's been a very challenging two years for the league and it's hurt the good teams good the better right. teams in the league have been dealt an unfair hand because the nhl was trying to get back to normal exactly I'm like, you're, you're saying it all it's 100%. Yeah. i yeah. just it, i wanted to get back to regular i don't know how much longer we're gonna go till we don't have postponed games and remakes and bubble hockey yeah. was fun but it was also stressful <laughs> That was a great time. The bubble playoffs were maybe the most fun I've ever had as a hockey fan. That was 13 straight hours of hockey in the middle of the summer. That was amazing. Nothing else to do because outside wasn't open. You're telling me I can stay home, 
they're going to send me an unemployment check and I can just watch hockey for 13 hours a day. This is great. Let's do this more often. Well, that's really where I did really focus on hockey more with bubble hockey because I'm like, what am I going to do with my day? Oh, <laughs> cool. There's hockey on. Yeah. That's when I realized, like, you know, besides Vegas, oh, hey, there's these other really interesting teams to watch. Um, yeah. Obviously, like I said, when I first started watching hockey, I saw the Preds and Penguins. If Vegas wouldn't have came in the league, I probably would have been a fan of one of their teams just because they are fun to watch for me. Um, but, yeah, bubble hockey, man. I've, I've got a shirt. I've got a bubble hockey shirt to remember that season. That was a, but- that was a great time. <laughs> So as we transition to the last part of this conversation, how confident are you in the team to be able to make some kind of run? We're not going to say how far, but how confident are you in the talent on the team right now? (laughs) Right now or when we're healthy? Okay, fine. You can split that. Different questions. Okay, both. You can answer both of them. Answer both of them. Okay, if it was right now, the scenario where we will not have a full healthy lineup, I'm confident enough to say that they could win if they had an easier division opponent. Not okay. necessarily like we talked about, not an Avs, not a Blues, not a Preds, but Kings or Ducks or somehow if the Sharks make it in, then we can get redemption from playoffs against them. That still haunts my memory. Anyway, <laughs> I'd say confident there. If well, when healthy, I'm not going to say if we're going to get healthy. <laughs> That's their number one goal. When they get healthy, if it works and they click right away, like you said, it could be another one of those stories where you wouldn't expect, well, I feel like most people expect Vegas to go far now, but you wouldn't expect the team with the lower points to go in and basically just crush it. Hopefully not too many game sevens. Vegas seems to do that a lot in the playoffs, which is really annoying. But I feel like it could, you know, meet their needs of in five years, get a cup. Maybe. It's probably the best chance we've had since year one. I definitely think I would agree with that in terms of the talent and the way the the way the division is kind of shaking out favors them where they kind of have been able to weather these injuries. So I would definitely agree with you there. Okay, so the last question I have before I get you out of here, what do you think is going to happen the rest of the season and what would be an ideal outcome? And don't say winning the cup because that's boring. So what would be the ideal rest of the way? What would be the ideal rest of the way for you? And then what do you think is going to happen the rest of the way? So ideally, obviously, we'd like people to get healthy. Stone's not going to come back. He's already LTIR till probably playoffs. Um, But ideally, we'd like those pieces to come back. Martinez, hopefully, soon will be able to come back because when he does perform, he's a solid defender. He played with a broken foot last playoffs and proved that he earned that spot. We haven't been able to see a strong defense, in my opinion, for the Golden Knights. So ideally, I'd like to see more of a stronger defense moving forward, bringing back that key component. Um, I can't remember what else you asked. (laughs) What do you think is going to happen the rest of the way? Okay, think that what's going to happen is Eichel's going to click right away. Eichel's going to come out and prove that that, you know, surgery does not take away that talent. 
um, hopefully he clicks with the right people you know, line wise. And we're not making adjustments too often because I feel like the coach is going to make those adjustments to cater to Eichel, regardless if it means moving Pacioretty down the line or moving Howden up to first line. <laughs> I doubt that would be the scenario, but you know, I'm hoping he just clicks with the components he needs to click with. Um, I don't see why he would have issues skating with anybody on the Vegas line, but you know, I'm just hoping he comes out, he makes his case. We get wins and get a bigger lead on the division. That way we're not worried about the flames coming up behind us and, you know, having to fight for that conference division, whatever. I don't want to face the flames moving forward for that. You know, I'm very excited for Eichel to come back. Everything is kind of setting up nicely where it's on a national TV game. It's on TNT. Yeah. Wednesday is TNT, which yep, is TNT. exciting. Yeah. It's setting up nicely. Like this is something that would happen in basketball where like the star player coming back from injury lines up with two really good teams playing on national TV. It's setting right. up really nicely. Poor dude. First game back is going to be on the ice against Nathan McKinnon, Landeskog, and right. um, Miko Rantanen and really be feeling that cardio. Like the first time you're mm-hmm. back in the gym after two weeks, it's hard. It It's probably going to take him a week or two to kind of get up to game speed because it's one thing to practice. It's another thing to play. So I imagine there'll be a little bit of a, he's got to gradually build himself up. They'll work him in, but I'm very excited. He's one of my favorite players to watch. He's very creative. He's really good at incorporating his line mates, which is something that he can do really well. And if that lineup is fully healthy, it'll be an absolute treat to watch as a hockey fan to see him centering a line with, even if it's only one of Pacioretty and Stone and they move the lineup around to complement it, make it a little more well-rounded, that's still going to be just awesome to watch as a hockey fan. I'm very excited for it to happen. And I hope for entertainment's sake, he comes in and clicks right away. That would be a lot more fun. But either way, I'm excited. I'm very excited for Jack Eichel to be playing hockey again. Yeah. Luckily, after... The Avs, you know, he does get his first hard game back. But then after that, we have the Kings and the Sharks afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, he might get a little bit more being able to actually just skate around and field. And I feel like Avs really have that strong defense. So it's going to be yeah. hard for him to really just flow into it. He's going to have to come out and play lights out for his first game back, which. That's a tall order. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be very fun on the internet when they go to Buffalo next month. I'm very much oh looking my goodness. forward to I'm very much looking forward to when Vegas goes to Buffalo next month. There might be that might be the one game all year Buffalo draws more than 10,000 people. People wanting to show up to boo him. I I'm looking <laughs> for it won't it won't quite be Tavares going back to Long Island for the first time as a Leaf, but it will definitely be an entertaining day. But do you give him a tribute video? <laughs> you have to. You have to. That's bad etiquette if you don't. I mean, he was the captain. He was the second overall pick. He was there, what, six years? Yeah, six years. You gotta. You gotta. (laughs) But but that would be very petty. If I were were in charge of arena entertainment that night, we wouldn't do a tribute video purely out of petty. Exactly. But no, this is professional sports. Everybody cares about appearances too much to not do it. There would be like widespread aghastness from the middle-aged white people who run hockey if they didn't. Well, if they're nice about it, like we did for Flurry's tribute video, we played that it was before cool. the game. And he said, yeah. if you would have played that during the game, it would have messed up my mentality. So uh, if they're nice, they'll play it before the game. If not, they're going to play it in the middle of the game and see if that messes with his momentum. Uh, 
He's an enter he's an interesting person. He's one of the few guys in hockey who's been willing to like say, This is bullshit, this isn't working for me, do something, help me, as opposed to what most of these guys do, where Connor McDavid is just gonna suffer in silence in rural Alberta for his entire existence. Whereas right. Jack Eichel was looking around Western New York and being like, No, I'm not doing this. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I and I get it. If your team shows you no real sense of even a direction, let alone a plan, that's kind of hard to get excited to go to work every day for. So I'm yeah. very happy he's in a good environment where he's going to get an opportunity to succeed. That's that's all I really want at the end of the day. The more good teams there are in hockey, the better, because that just means there's more good hockey for everyone. That's right. the goal. That's the goal. 100%. <laughs> Before I get you out of here. Plug the handle, plug the blog, anything you're working on. Let the people know about you. Okay. Well, if you want to see annoying sports tweets about the Dallas Cowboys or the Golden Knights or apparently the Maple Leafs sometimes <laughs> or me thirsting over Roman Yossi, that's another thing I tend to do on there. So that's, that's everybody. That's the that's, that's, I love. <laughs> um, that's not just you. That's me too. Yeah. No, that, that's not, that's great. Not Glad I'm not alone. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter under Josie Ave. That's J O S I E A V E. Um, I like you said earlier. I write for Couch Guy Sports. You can find them on Twitter too. I tend to post maybe once a week, once every other week, kind of more when I feel like writing about it. Um, mostly Golden Knights and Cowboys stuff, but sometimes I tend to do other things that are hockey or football related. So you can follow their Twitter. Or just be on the lookout for me posting that on my own Twitter as well. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. It, it's always yeah. nice to meet new people, kind of grow the network a little bit, meet other creators may, who are doing interesting stuff. And you're a funny Twitter follow, so I felt like it would be a decent conversation, and I'm glad I was right. Yeah, I'm glad that I was the only Golden Knights fan you considered. We're going to pretend like that. I did. <laughs> I'm serious. I was going through. I was like, "Who's that one Golden Knights?" Fan? Oh yeah, 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 and then yeah, you Who's said that yes. One Golden Knights fan? I I was like, I know, I know her tweets. I know her tweets. I gotta find one of her tweets, and then okay, I know her tweets. Later, literally <laughs> half the time, daddy puns. It's usually daddy puns during the Golden Knights game. Ninety-nine percent of the way I remember people is their picture. I don't even remember their name on Twitter. I just remember the picture, and then I'm like, "Fuck, I don't know this person's name." And More I need selfies. to DM them. I'm famous yes. for that too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how some people know me for that on Twitter. <laughs> All right, with that, that will just about do it for today's show. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Tomorrow, Maple Leafs episode. We have another guest. The content's coming, people. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good day.